Podcast that helps you level up your RPG. Why are you pointing at me? Because you're supposed to say tabletop. It's like LARP every mush week with you and everything in between. Tabletop LARP mush and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. And if Ryan can edit this well enough, <laughs> I'm just saying maybe we can help you level up in your game and have more fun. You edited out almost all those wind noises when I went to Goat LARP. <laughs> And you know what? That was a masterpiece in editing. I think you did. It amazing. was really good. I'm going to tell you something. There was several times when I was conducting an interview while everybody was under my coat. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd have three or four people with my coat on their head and we'd all be leaning around the microphone. <laughs> if you want to know what he's talking about, you got to go back and listen to uh, last season. We He did, recorded an episode at Goat LARP. In, uh, and it's exactly what you think. It's where? six hours of tape, one hour of episode. <laughs> and it came out okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it <sighs> was in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, well Warp 2's coming up. I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. Joining me, as always, is Carrie, the legend. Hello. And Jason, the favorite. Woo! All, the one who has the gun belt role-playing game playtest in front of him, and you don't. Oh, snazzy. So, if you're somebody who's a lot more influential than us, that (laughs) for whatever reason, listen. We're looking at you, Matt Colville. Uh, (laughs) Ah! The beauty of editing! (laughs) Uh, All right, so, uh, uh, welcome to the show. Yes. You can listen to us uh, all over the place, or not at all. No, you cannot listen to us, not at all. We'll be hospitalized. But if you do listen to us and you want to support the show, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash podcast, where you can pledge to give us just a little bit of uh, uh, support financially each month to help keep the show going. Mm-hmm. And buy new equipment. Buy new equipment. That's right. We have a Rodecaster Pro and three new microphones coming, and we are so excited about it. So and I want to be able to eat, so... It still sounds Please. like crap. But next week it won't. Yeah. Or it might be the week after. Yeah. No, it might be the week we're after. We're not sure. So anyway, but we're excited because we've got a big big equipment upgrade coming soon. And maybe we'll be able to edit out uh, Trixie the Memory Hound walking across the floors. I is, that, never... is that a thing you could automatically edit out? I don't know. Here it comes. If we could have a motorcycle drive by right now, it'd be a real episode. <laughs> it would be everything we dreamed of uh, yeah. and more. Oh. But you can also, when you back us on Patreon, not only do you help us keep the show on the air and pay for the the equipment and the the hosting and everything else that it, that it costs, but you can also get free stuff from it, like the new postcard that Carrie's making. That's right. I am working on it. Season three postcard is in the works. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also get uh, art prints of the D twenty or uh, the book or anything like that. There's some cool stuff that you can get, and also you could get shout outs. Mm-hmm. We can for our wizard levels. Yeah, so Carrie, shout ooters. Tell us some of the wizard level folks. Well, we've got Cameron. Hi, Cameron. We've he's got. He's in Disney World this week. He's always he's in Disney World every week. <laughs> yes, he <Yeah>. is. <laughs> yeah. We've got Drew. He's not. I don't know. He's I don't not. Know. Yeah, we don't. We don't know. He's somewhere in a Marietta. <laughs> Still, <laughs> somewhere. All right. All right. We've got Joel Eastland. I don't. I don't know where Joel is. I thought it was in Chicago. No. no, he's not. No, he's That's not. Right. He's in he Indiana. was in Chicago. We've got Josh Heath. That's right. Okay. DC. D- okay. Lost Colonies. Also DC. All right. We've got Noah Coltrip. That's true. We don't know anything about Noah because he doesn't ever talk to us anymore. I believe he roams the earth riding wrongs. Maybe. That, yeah, that could like, be it. But we're not going to actually say that because he won't tell us what he's doing. No, the truth is he's right now in the forests of New Hampshire. Looking at an intriguing ruin that resembles an ancient castle. Uh, What's it actually? It's known as the Madame Sherry's Castle. And it's all that's left of this huge home of this eccentric old lady who was called Madame Sherry. 
Yeah, rumor has it she used to host these lavish parties and invite all her friends from all over. Uh, and now the only thing that remains is like this three-story stone staircase. And ghosts. Well, yeah, the ghosts Obviously. always remain. And Noah Coulter. And Noah Coulter. <laughs> he likes to go to weird places. He went to that fake Stonehenge. That's true. Concrete hinge? What was it called? No, is it like here styrofoam? Comes, here comes no, Trixie the Lay down, Trixie. That's an order. Ah, oh, she shook her head no! <laughs> yeah, she's defiant. Who else do we have? Uh, we've got Ryan Martin. Yay! Yay! We've got... Ryan's been cooking lately. He's cooking He's a always lot. cooking. It makes me hungry. Yeah. yeah. We should invite him to be on the show. Just to cook for us. Yes, Ooh. obviously. Ooh. He's got some good role play stuff, too. But yeah, mostly but I would also, like him to cook for us. He can cook for us, feed mm-hmm. us, and then he can talk. So we're pretty easy. If you want to feed us, yeah. you know, we'll probably figure out a way of interviewing you. Excellent. Yeah. But Ryan's allergic to salt. No. Anyone else? Uh, we've got, that's because you put too much. It's I gross. I do not. Oh, that's an argument for off air. Uh, we've got Salim. Halabi. Yep. Yep. And then we, we said it right. I'm yes, sorry. I know. That's because okay, I didn't. Yeah. And then we've got Sarah. Awesome. Well, if you'd like a shout out, we'd love to give you one. And you can get it by going to honorrollpodcast.com and uh, pledging to be uh, a wizard patron. level. Yeah. yeah. And at the $100 level, you get back scratches. When last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were here at this table recording a podcast. Mm-hmm. Jason, what you been up to? Let's see. I finally got my Kickstarter for Zombieland back, and it's a—it's like a Power by the Apocalypse style game, but it uses uh, all cards, like so playing like, cards. No, well, like that size, yes. But then, like all the—it's got tons of NPCs on the cards. It's got uh, the conflict resolution is all based on the cards. The math is supposed to work out about the same as the standard two by six bell curve that uh, all the Power by the Apocalypse games, most of them use. And uh, it looks really interesting. I just barely got it open last night. So. Cool. Yeah. And yeah. also get, getting caught up on Doctor Who. It's, it's really good right now. It goes through phases. Yes. Kind of like all shows, but you know how Star Trek, tons of filler episodes, some of them are good. A lot of them are just okay. Has it been a lot of filler? Well, this, ep- this season has not been as active as okay. previous seasons. Yeah. I still like it, though. Yeah, have you been watching Star Trek Picard? No, I've it is got a life. All filler. Ooh, yeah, that's one of the reasons why I'm not watching it. Yeah, it's not good. Although there is one good thing about it, and that is uh, Romulan space <laughs> samurai monk teenager. <laughs> I, I've been told that like if you're looking at Patrick Stewart, you're enjoying it. But if you're thinking about what's going on, you're like, what the hell <laughs> well, have I gotten myself into? Nothing goes on. It's so slow. Yeah, it's rough. And the acting is terrible outside of Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And and I think Sir Romulan Space Samurai. Is he actually pretty monk good? Monk Teenager is pretty good. I, I don't know that he's good, or it's just he's so different than everyone else that he stands out. Oh, that's interesting. But that's enough sometimes. It sounds yeah. like somebody's first role play character. I'm yeah. a Romulan. Absolutely. Ninja. Absolutely. Yeah, is he Non-half bad? He's kind of bad, angel. man. Yeah. I wear this special costume, and I've got a katana. Yeah. He, does, he does have a katana. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. What have you been up to, Carrie? Uh, everything I talked about last episode happened. Yay, <laughs> so, Kanuga. Uh, so Kanuga happened. I did really well. We, yeah. we got enough to pay for Dakota to do her uh, summer camp. And buy cool. that new car. Uh, no, nah, I wish. Yeah. Um, not <laughs> that good. Matchbox. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I was in the pop culture show that was in town. Oh, and that's I'm, cool. I was told that went well. And I am still working on gun belt art. And I'm working on the new postcard for... This mm-hmm. podcast. It looks really cool. It's, I like it. It's fun. I'll tell you guys what. I will scan it and put the line work up on the Patreon. So people can color it in themselves? Or they can get a sneak peek. I want them to color it in and send us pictures. Okay, that too. <laughs> sure. <clears throat> awesome. What about you, Ryan? Um, well, I have been uh, trying to get the Gun Belts playtest packet ready. Mm-hmm. And, and so it is. It is. It is. Yeah. And so hopefully in the next week or so, we'll be putting a call out on our Facebook page uh, to get people. Oh, Jason has it. Uh, to get people to, to run it and see if everything works. We, we know 
I know of two things in it that do not work as well as I would like it to. Mm-hmm. The page numbers are all off. But I'm not telling anyone what they are because I want them to find it and go, this is broke. And it's then, an Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really weird Easter egg. <laughs> right. I'm, uh, I'm excited to see what the adventure is going to be because my copy doesn't have the adventure yet. Right. And it's similar to the one that I've played, correct? Yes, yeah. But it's not exactly the same. Correct. Okay. Correct. I'm, I'm excited. So that's been a lot of it. I was also at Kanuga. I ran uh, a bunch of the panels that were there. I, I say I ran. <laughs> I moderated. Sure. Um, you, you guys remember from last year, I was. Uh, we talked about how at Kanuga there was a guy who stood up and asked a bunch of questions and was like, I don't know why Nazis are always portrayed as bad guys. They're, you know, Nazis did, are pretty cool. They're fine. Get, They're just misunderstood. Yeah, there, it, there was a lot. Lot of it was misunderstood yeah. in that. It was well, this year, this year, somebody introduced me as the only DM to actually defeat a real life zombie. <laughs> Nazi, yeah. <laughs> or real life. Did I say real life zombie? You did. Yeah. I mean, you know, all all Nazis should be zombies. Yeah. Well, so that was kind of fun. Just not walking around, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, yeah, but then you can double tap and you're done. Oh, that's true. Right. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go to combat rounds. Find as much as we used to during combat rounds. I'm just I know. Shut up. Nobody likes you. Yeah. What are we talking about? Today we're talking about session zero. It's something that we've talked about in bits and pieces during other shows, but today we're going to actually just full on break down and talk about session zero. So give us the like the the elevator pitch. What is level. a session zero? These are great questions you ask. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Ooh. What do you guys think session zero is? It's it's the session before session one. Oh, there you go. She's nailed it. Math. Episode over. <laughs> All math. The way I would define it is like the first time everybody gets together to make the characters and define the relationships between them, but also what kind of the boundaries of the game are going to be. This is what I'm going to be running, or this is what my character likes and dislikes, and this is the stuff that I like and dislike, so everybody kind of collaborates on what they actually want the game to look like. That's why, you know, that's why Vanilla Ice is so good at Session Zero. <laughs> so because because he stops. stops. But then he collaborates. And, and listens. listens. And if there's a problem, yo, yo. he solves it. I know. But then he lets the DJ, you know, <laughs> do all the heavy lifting with the hook. You know, he just revolves it. Right. <sighs> Too cold. Steals those hooks so from I think other people. Session Zero really tends to... <laughs> To cover, like, the, the first part that you talk about is the the rules set as in just what game you're playing. Right. Right. House and then rules. You talk about your house rules. You talk about your table rules, which is really like player etiquette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you guys talk about your expectations in and out of character, and uh, you do character creation. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's kind of the, the main categories that you focus on during session zero but why do we need session zero i recognize that one of the and i know that session zero is mostly a tabletop thing but i also recognize that one of the biggest problems that i struggled with as ost was that we didn't have a set of expectations that everybody in the org followed and i've seen that same thing in tabletop games i've played where some of us were playing very serious characters that, that had something to say and wanted to do all this drama and, and viewed a lot of the other parts of the game very seriously. And then other people wanted to have a, a, like a, a goofy, fun, good time. My character's name is Nacho. Right, right. And so you can mesh those two things together, but we both have to recognize that we're okay with that. Right. And so I, and I've been guilty really, of this myself. That both can directions. only really happen with a conversation. Right. And that conversation can't be, well, my character uh, worships uh, a pig god, and my uh, character's holy symbol is a pig, and I'm going to carry this pig around in combat, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. And it's going to be funny, even though the rest of the campaign is very serious. This sounds really specific. Have you ran that before? No, I talked Marty into playing that. She ah, thought okay. it was funny. <laughs> so we both wound up playing goofy characters in a campaign that was meant to be very serious. And to my 
shame, we kind of derailed things a lot yeah. because it, a, a lot of the play devolved to around chasing the pig down and recapturing it and Fair. Just, yeah. uh, just crazy stuff, which was fun for us. Right. And sometimes it was fun for the other people at the table, but the DM was miserable because he did not want to run that game. Yeah. He and, wanted to run something serious. And we've, you've got to have a balance. Your your DM, your game runner, has to be having fun, too. Mm-hmm. And that's really the part that I feel bad about. Because we all had a good time. Yeah. Except the guy... Running it. ...that was actually doing the work, right? Right. <laughs> and he was miserable every week. Because he's just like, gosh, why can't they just take my story serious? Right. Yeah, I worked so hard on this. And I'm sure that he did. And yeah. you know what? That game didn't wind up lasting but, like, six or seven uh, sessions. Yeah. And that probably was... Partially because the way that we kind of... The uh, pig. It's the pig. The, yeah, all the pig stuff and how we didn't take it seriously. Yeah. I think we we need Session Zero because it puts everybody on the same page as far as um, expectation and behaviors and, and what they want from a game or don't want from a game. Uh, and, and by don't want from a game, I'm, I'm also talking about, about consent. And we'll get into more of that sure. later. But, you yeah. know, like... Uh, I don't want to run a game that uh, I don't want to play in a game where rape is a prominent plot point. Right. You know, you like never should. and you never should. But I'm just that's that's the extreme example. But yes. uh, session zero is an opportunity to uh, broach topics that are going to be off limits for the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or even just say it, it doesn't have to be anything. It, it could be like a thing where you go, you know what? I'm really afraid of heights, it, you know, in real life. Can we please not have yeah. our, you know, be in an airship? Yeah. Can we not be the focus of the campaign? Right. right. Uh, I also think that, that Session Zero uh, gives people a starting place to know where their characters need to kind of come from creatively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of information about, about the world that you learn that will help you make a better, a better character for, for the game that you're playing in. Because not all characters fit in every... Every game, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So one one thing that that I love about that is when the storyteller or GM or whatever gets to sit down and say, instead of me spending the next four sessions figuring out how all of you know each other and getting you together and all that stuff, I can just say, "Hey guys, work it out. Y'all work it out. How do you know <laughs> each other? Why are you going on these adventures? Here's the sorts of adventures are going to be running. So why would you guys do that?" It's also a good opportunity for that guy who says, hey, I'd like to play the uh, ranger loner type that sits in the back and broods. And then he goes, so what I really need you guys to do, if you're okay with it, is one of you at least say, ah, we need to bring that guy and get you involved. Because right. that's the only way you can effectively play Wolverine or yeah. or somebody like that that's in the background normally and doesn't talk a lot. As a storyteller, one of the most miserable things is running your first game and like you spend six hours, you know, running this game and it was hour five, 35 minutes in that you finally got all six of your players in the same room with one another. Uh, And they've not been having a good time. No. It's been a slog trying to just work it out. Yeah. And and the funny thing is when you do that, like there's always this like sort of revelatory moment. Like, wait, we could have had a session zero and just been like, hey, how do you guys know each other? Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. You can just do that. I have never, not never, I'm sorry. When I first started tabletopping, we never did a session zero. No, no, I, I and because it's kind of a newer concept. Yeah, I think that Ish. is from a uh, thinking about it formally as a step in running a campaign or mm-hmm. game. Yeah, it's kind of new, but it's always there are gaming groups that have been doing it. Sure, from, and know, that's since awesome. the 70s. Yeah. Right. Good for them. I wish my gaming community had. Yeah. Oh yeah. Session would, zero is a lot like bleed. Like bleed's not new. But having a name for it and a formality to mm-hmm. how you handle it kind of is. Yeah. So what's some things that Games Zero would have helped you with back in the day? You could have well, said, hey, everybody, don't have your characters try to rape mine. Yeah. Your very yeah. first uh, okay, D&D game. Yeah, my first D&D game was not good at all. <laughs> and it was the last time I role-played with that group. Right. Um, but yeah, like if I had known what I was going into... If I, you know, if I had been able to sit down and you can even have a session zero when the game isn't brand new. Mm -hmm. 
You know, that just requires sitting down with your your storyteller and your other players and go, hey, can we say that I'm so-and-so's cousin and I've met you all in the past at one time? You can do like a mini session zero mm-hmm. before a game. Like, you know what, we're going to delay starting tonight for an hour while we just figure out right. and welcome this new player. That actually happens a lot in mushes mm-hmm. when someone makes a new character as they're making it players will usually page them privately and go, hey, I see that you're making the the a, a tailor. Mm-hmm. Can we say that I've gotten all my clothes from you? And that's great. And they now reach out, tie. and then suddenly there's ties. People making connections in mushes is huge. Yes. It's a huge thing. Yeah. So me and uh, my wife, Marty, we played in a game several years ago. Uh, Wait, you and Marty are married? I know. What? what? Packmaster. Which, of course, is like an AD&D spinoff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we cause we weren't sure if this was a gaming group we wanted to play with, right? Right. So instead of playing the first session, we sat in on it. And then the next session, we made characters that fit what everybody else was doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like our session zero was watching them play and then talking to the, the GM afterwards. Like, hey, okay, here's the kind of things we're thinking about. Is this cool? Right. And that worked out really well. Well, let's talk for a second. Uh, Jason, you had said something earlier about how Session Zero is mostly a tabletop thing. And I actually don't think that that's correct. Okay. Um, and Carrie, you kind of noted that, that, like with the connections thing, that it does happen in Mush. Yes. And so I want to take a second and let's talk a little bit about what Session Zero looks like for a tabletop game, for a LARP, and also for a Mush. And then when we're done with that, I want to I want to come back around and I want to talk for a minute about what a session zero is like when you're playing with a group that's played together for 30 years. OK. OK. So uh, so first of all, like with a tabletop thing, session zero is pretty straightforward and we're kind of going to talk about that more in depth. Uh, but what is a, a session zero like for a mush? Well, which session zero? <laughs> well, I don't <laughs> Do know. The very when a mush first starts. Generally, you you run a mush in a beta, okay. you know, where it's not live, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have a set of. Players. It's almost like a play test. Yes, it's actually a lot like a play test. You 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 know you open it up to a certain amount of players that you can trust to walk around to check and make sure your map is good, to make sure your wiki is good, your rules are good, the universe is good. Um, and a lot of times they'll get together in the in the public channel and they'll be like, hey, I'm making a baker. Mm-hmm. And then someone else would be like, well, my character is going to be diabetic. So we're let's be enemies. And, yeah. you know, they just start building um, their characters. And a lot of times the wizards, the staff of the game will be taking notes and going, OK, we need to build a bakery. Because we got right. a baker. Because someone's being a baker. Or, you know what, you know, like we'll be talking on the staff channel while they're all talking on pub channel going, you know, maybe we should make a second bakery as a right. rival, right. a rival bakery or, the you know. free. And, and so, uh, <laughs> and, and so um, for session zero for a mush, it's, it usually lasts way more than one day. Yeah. It's usually like two to, months. Uh, yeah, like months. Well, I noticed when you were building your last mush mm-hmm. uh, that you spent a lot of time building the wiki out and doing a lot of that publicly so people could kind of see yes. what was happening and right. get invested in it and see the kind of characters they might want to play. Yeah, yeah. And and it does. It takes a long time. It's a lot of effort. Right. Now, when a, once a game starts, a game is, let's say the mush has been open for a while. Okay. Uh, session zero, I think, still plays out. It just isn't like a, everyone stops the game for the day to hold a session zero. Yeah. Session zero zero in a mush actually happens in two places, I think. Mm-hmm. It happens in uh, in the out-of-character talk channels, like yeah. the pub channel or, or the, the newbie channel. channel. Yeah. Right? Because what happens is when I make a when I log in for the first time as a new player on a mush, there are these out-of-character sort of like chat rooms where I can say, hey, what kind of roleplay happens on this game? Okay. Hey, mm-hmm. what's the focus of the plots going on in this game? Uh, I'm thinking about making uh, a coffee barista. Is that something where I would see a lot of play in this game? Does that right. fit? And and you, Do end you up, have one already? Yeah, you know. You end up kind of having a bit of session zero because the the um, other players will answer, and also the wizards, the storytellers, will also answer. And I think the other place that it happens on a mush is actually on the wiki because. Even though there's not live communication, 
the wiki is is the website that and it is filled with documentation about the game, mm-hmm. including the list of the game's policies. Okay, they call them policies, but essentially policies is the list of rules that covers things like consent. Yes. TSing, which is like, you know, characters becoming romantic on the mush, like what is and is not allowed and in what ways is it or is it not allowed? Yes. Um, there would be a policy that would say uh, it's pretty common. I would say probably 90 percent of mushes that I've ever seen have a policy that says no character can have rape in their background mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to play someone who rapes people. Right. You know, there are some things like that. Like y- you will find policies on characters that are, are, you know, racist or you'll find their harassment policies, uh, things like that. And so the, I, I feel like on a, on a mush, the unique thing about session zero is it's not really a session. It kind of is always happening. It's a yes. rolling thing. That's Absolutely. ongoing. Yeah. Another because- Another thing, too, uh, with the wiki is that a lot of times people on their personal character pages will have uh, hooks. So you can just go to that and say, hey. You can go, hey, if I want to role play with this person, I need to make sure that I can speak Elvish Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is. Sometimes hooks are like like character hooks that are things like uh, uh, alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what? then you go, oh, well, if I want to talk to this character, I just need to offer to buy him a drink. Yeah. Right. Or it could even be um, my character has a long lost brother that she hasn't seen in 20 years. Could so make me mess- want to play him. Yeah. Message that person saying, hey, hey, would you be cool with me being another brother? Right. I, I've actually had someone do that to me on oh, a much cool. before. You know, so it's fun. You can also have and sometimes they have uh, their out of character preferences uh, listed on their wiki, their character's wiki Mm -hmm. page. Or sometimes it's encoded into what they call the plus finger, which is like uh, they call it. It always sounds dirty, but it's not. It's a little dirty. You type plus finger carry. And what that does is it pulls up Carrie's little out of character profile. And it'll say like what her usually it'll say things like what time zone is she in because mm-hmm. people are playing all over the world. Sure. Or it'll say so things you know like, that hey if I'm going to play with this person I probably need to play between the yeah. hours of seven and midnight. Yeah, right. Eastern time, right? Yeah. Uh, but it'll uh, often also list their out of character RP preferences. Like it, it might say like I only like to do action scenes. Right. You know, I I don't want combat. I do want romance. I don't want you know and things romance. like that. Romance, yeah, like yeah. And so so. Yeah, it's interesting, but I think that Session Zero kind of happens... Always. Always, all over the place. It's a rolling production. Yes. What about in a LARP? Now, we've done a Session Zero yes, in a sure. LARP. Yes, sure. Absolutely. We did it for our werewolf game. Yep. We actually didn't even host it at a site. We hosted it at a coffee shop. It was Panera, was the wasn't it? the vampire game, not the werewolf yes. game. Oh, uh, was it the vampire game? Yes, yes, it was. Okay. And it, it worked out really well. A mm-hmm. bunch of people made characters, and we sat down and kind of talked about the source of things we were going to do. And we were able to connect, oh, hey, you want to play this type of character? This person is playing the same clan. Talk. Yeah. And yeah. when we hit the ground running on the first uh, game, it actually went very smoothly. Mm-hmm. I think we did it. Didn't we do it for that Wild West game that, that I ran? The yes. Werewolf we did Wild West do game. that. We had a cookout one weekend, yeah. and then a month later we played I, the first game. Because I remember we also... Uh, since it was an independent game, we had them all draw from a hat to so determine how much XP they started. Yeah, right? they yeah. so some people we would have a little more. You did some other fun things like uh, y'all come up with a bunch of fetishes that people could draw out of a hat and stuff like that too. Yeah, right. right? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it was a great opportunity for everyone to kind of see what kind of game we were running as they made their so that they could make a character that would fit. Mm-hmm. It was a great opportunity for us to see what kind of characters they were wanting to play so we could make our game fit them. Mm-hmm. And, and we got fed. And we got fed, and we knows. hung out. Mm-hmm. And in a LARP, uh, it's important to have those out-of-character meetups uh, because in a, a LARP, oftentimes the only time you'll interact is when you're in character. Oh, and yeah. if your character is a jerk... Then they think you're a jerk. <laughs> right. Or and even so- worse, if your character's really nice... They might not know you're a jerk for a long time. <laughs> right, exactly. That's that would happened happen to, to me a lot. Too. I don't believe that. Oh, no, no, it wasn't the other way. It was me finding out that oh, some dude okay. was a jerk okay. after I knew him for five years. But that's, <laughs> a, that's a really important element of a session zero for a LARP, simply because in when you're talking about a, a tabletop game, typically you're because you're playing it in your house, you don't invite strangers in to sit at your table, right. typically. Or even if you're doing it at a game store and there's strangers there, you can... There's there's a safety. Yes. Right. Uh, I'd also say that one of the interesting things about LARP is you can do the rolling zero. 
mm-hmm. which uh, means things like, hey, we made a document that says what kinds of things we're going to do. Right. You go read that. Yeah. And then, hey, come to game early so that we can introduce you to people who are playing characters that you would fit well with. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, a lot of – one of the things that you, that one should talk about during Session Zero, as we mentioned, is house rules. And a lot of LARPs have house rule packets that are at their check-in desk. Right. I also think that uh, games – LARP games that have pre-game, mm-hmm. like pre-game announcements mm-hmm. and post-game announcements, like those are act as a little bit like a rolling Session Zero. Especially yeah. if you use them for that, which mm-hmm. I recommend. And we always have. Yeah. Our games always have. Uh, and and also we do it right. That's right. Well, you know we are the best at what I we do. No, you know I wrote the book on story. Oh my gosh! You know I would even go so far as to say that if I ever run another regular week um, weekly, poof, I'll never run a weekly LARP. <laughs> no. If I ever run another uh, monthly monthly LARP, I might even announce every game. Hey, here's three plots we're going to run this game. So uh, they're probably going to fire off at these times, and that gives people a chance to think. Well, why why would my character be able to go to that if I want to do it? And how do I avoid that if you don't want anything to do with that whatsoever? Right. And I also think, too, uh, the you know, we talk about afters. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people go to restaurants after LARPs. And even though it's after the game, it can still serve some of those Session oh, yeah. Zero things. Because most games, uh, most LARPs let you tweak and adjust your character after the first night because you don't really ever quite know what you're what you're getting it's into. something weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I wonder how one-shots resolve that problem. I guess you just have to deal with... Yeah, you have what you have. You just have to deal with it. Yeah, <laughs> it's only one night, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. I will say that at afters and other things like that, after I've played one or two games and I've kind of gotten comfortable with everybody and what's going on, that's when I've went back and said, hey man, our characters are actually very uh, uh, good together. So what if we haven't on each other and we just haven't talked about it yet? Right. And it's not exactly the same thing as a session zero, like you say. No, but, but it's it serves a little, the same purpose. Yeah, it's the same thing. And that's when I've made a lot of ties over the years. Right. Well, but I think that establishing connections is a big thing for session zero. Yes. So let's actually talk about session zero then. Okay. So uh, obviously the first thing, you know, we talked, our, the list we made earlier, rule set, house rules, table rules, expectations, and care gen. Right. right. So that's kind of our... That's kind of our honor roll. That's the five that, yes. that we kind of think of. So let's talk about the rules set first. Um, this is obviously the very first piece of this is tell everyone what game you're running. What? What yes. system are you using? And when they show up, they should probably already know this already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't surprise them. Well, you know, I've <laughs> also played with people's like we show up for gaming. It's like, hey, uh, ah, Star Wars is really bogging down. Let's play Deadlands for a few weeks. So here's the Deadlands books. And right. I'll help you make characters tonight. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've. I think everybody who's had a regular tabletop group has had something like that, where it's like, "What do you guys want to play tonight?" Yeah, and then we've started over. You know, I've been thinking about maybe running a Star Trek game. I boom. could try that tonight. Yeah. Okay, boom. So yeah, I mean, the first thing is talk about what rule set you're going to use, which is the you know talk about the genre, talk about the uh, what book system you're using, the edition, what edition yeah, right, because that can be a huge thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I also think um, I'm going to use a Dungeons and Dragons term, but but I think it applies to everything is, you know, you need to talk about what alignment you want the game to be, right? If it's a Star Wars game, are you all playing Jedi? Are you all playing Sith? Are you all playing smugglers? Or are you playing some combination therein? And how does that work? Right. And in Dungeons and Dragons, you know, it's, are you all good? Are you all evil? Mm -hmm. Or how are you interacting with each other and your diverse alignments? Right. And so, but those are sort of the frameworks, you know, any character I could think of to play in an evil game mm-hmm. is not the kind of character that I would ever think of to play in a good game. Right. And so knowing kind of what the group wants to play and what the storyteller wants to run helps me decide which category to start mining for ideas. Also, what level of conflict within the group am I to expect? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that you should also talk a little bit about, uh, I'm going to call it XP. But uh, what I'm really kind of talking about is how you're going to reward players and with leveling up and things like Advancements. that. Advancements. Right? Growth. Uh, what does a, that look like? Yeah. Is this going to be a, a slow build game mm-hmm. or a fast build game? Like right. I, I think we've all played in Dungeons & Dragons where we've had a storyteller say, you know what? You know, I, I want this game to be a slow build because I really want to 
really savor these like lower levels for a little while. Mm-hmm. I've also played in games where it was like, I'm just going to be dumping XP at you every week because I really want us to. Yeah, get we want to be able to fight a dragon yeah. and get rolling. Uh, and but that applies in all systems, though. You know, some because all systems have some sort of advancement right built into it. And the other piece to that is how how true to like the book's advancement you're going to you're going to lay. I mean, one of the great things about Dungeons and Dragons that's happening right now is there's this whole debate about, is it better to give XP after you defeat a monster or is it better to give XP every, when you, your party achieves a milestone? Well, you know, uh, Matt Colville recently switched completely away from XP and he now does only milestone advancement. He just says today, everyone goes up a level because that was awesome. Yeah. Because he said that he realized he was spending so much time every session figuring XP. Math. And having to, like, oh, well, you know, if they fight this other purple worm, even though it would be really cool, they're all going to go up an extra level, and we're not really there yet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he said it's just one other, just something he took away. It saved him a lot of brain power. Yeah. In fact, when 3.0 first came out of D&D, uh, I ran a session for a while, and I just flat out said every third session you gain a level, period. If it's five minutes and we all decide we don't feel like playing tonight, that counts as a day. Okay. Right. If we run for 12 hours a day, counts as a day. Yeah. And it worked really well. We played like 20 or 30 sessions. Everybody got up to around level 10, and they had a great time. But it's important to know that during your sessions. Up front. Let people know what yes. to expect. Uh, what about what about house rules? So house rules, I mean, I think this one is mostly pretty straightforward, but... Uh, I think it's really important to know because... Especially in LARPs that I've played in over the years, I've come in and I've been like, this game does not resemble the one that I just read in this <laughs> book because you've house ruled it. And that doesn't bother me. The only reason why it bothers me is I made a character for a different game. Right. Yeah. So there was, when we were in the Guru Nation, right? there was a game that had literally rewrote the entire Laws of the Wild book. Yes, that's the game I'm referring to. <laughs> and uh, and you know what? They were they were great guys. It was a fun game. They I had a great were, time. Yeah. They were great folks. It was a great game. They ran a great game. They had great characters. And frankly, the rules they wrote they were, were fine. pretty were, yeah. They were fine. They Some were of fine. them were better. Some of them I yeah. didn't like as much. Some of them, many of but them were None fine. of them were bad. The problem was they were also the game that hosted the largest event game every single year. And so you'd have these LARPers flying in from all over the country to play in a game that they didn't know any rules for because it was nothing like anywhere else they'd ever and played. so every year you're having to relearn a whole set of rules or for just deal with, yeah. deal with the fact that you don't know how... I, the it was reason, a nightmare. It was a nightmare. The, the reason why I actually bring it up is because when I showed up, I lost about 50% of my sheet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost two years of, uh, oh, of yeah. growth, basically. Well, not quite. I'd been playing for two years, so I lost like a year worth of growth and a whole bunch of other stuff yeah. that they just ran totally differently. And it made it not as effective. It made me way less effective, which meant that all the things that I used to enjoy doing, I didn't get to do a bunch of them because they just didn't mechanically exist anymore. Right. Yeah. Which and- would have been okay if my character was made for that. Yeah, and so so house rules are important. Let them know up front, look, we're not going to use encumbrance because right. it's dumb. <laughs> we're not going <laughs> to... Right, but, but those things matter. It's important to know those things. We're not going to... We're not tracking bullets in this game right. because that's dumb. Like right. I'm being a, the curmudgeon tonight. I, I've also <laughs> played in D&D games where like, oh yeah, damage explodes. And I'm like, <laughs> why? I'm like, because it's fun. I'm like, whoop, you sold me. Yeah. <laughs> Like I played in, I played in some uh, uh, vampire games. You know the die tens. Yeah. They just decided that tens explode every time. Yeah. And so I played in that game. Right. And, and it's and, fun. And it's fun <laughs> as long as I know what yes. where we're at. And 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 sometimes I played in eighty and D games, which were ninety percent made up by the guy on the spot. As long as I knew what to expect, I was okay with it. Yeah. Right. So the next thing is is like your table rules. Now this is table rules. This what we're really talking about is how are the players going to behave when they are at your game? It's personal expectations, right? Yeah. Well, is for example, at this game, I do not want you to be drinking alcohol while we were playing. Right. Right. Some at, people are very permissive of that. This, Some people are not at all. At this game, I want you to have a beer in your hand while yeah. we play. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can really depend on the game, mm-hmm. the group of people that are there. 
Uh, it can depend on a lot of different things, and and there's no judgment to it. Some games are very fun when you've had a little bit to drink. Right. Some games are very, very problematic when you've had a little bit to drink. The biggest issue I've always seen is if everybody is on board or not. If we're all yes. going to have a couple of beers while we play, it's fine. If I'm going to have a couple of beers, and Carrie's going to have a couple of beers, and you're not... Yeah, then, then it's not... Then you're not going to have as good a time because we're going to like find something funny or we're going to get distracted or you're going to feel like you've got to take care of us, right? And, and yeah, and you that gotta, sounded like the voice of experience. Oh, did it? Oh, <laughs> did it? I'm sorry. <laughs> I've never been too drunk to play magic. I've been too drunk for everybody to enjoy playing magic with me, though. <laughs> uh, so, what are some other some other table rules? Some player expect player behavior expectations. I think are like cell phones. What what is what do you want me to do with it? Is it okay if I have it out? Is it not? Yeah, some game. You know what? There are some storytellers who really don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what? If it's not your turn, be typing and sending text messages. As Nobody long cares. as you know what's going on, it doesn't matter. Right. Then there are other storytellers. I'm one of them. I feel like if I'm running a game and you're on your phone, it makes me feel like I am running a bad game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I need you to not be on your phone the whole time j- for my sake. I know. running a better game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the truth is, in my heart of hearts, yeah. <laughs> I know you're on your phone and still paying attention and still having a good yeah. time. And it isn't actually indicative of the game I'm running, but it's still... Makes you feel me. that way. It makes me feel that way, and yeah. so I prefer you to not be on your phone the whole time. Yeah. I've played in games where if you went to the bathroom, you lost your turn. What? Yeah, they just skipped you. Sometimes you still got attacked. Oh my gosh! <laughs> you know, we used to do that in uh, when LARPs got when s- some mass combats in a LARP got got out of hand. If you don't hear when your initiative was called, sorry, buddy, too bad. Yeah, yeah. we're not going to play catch up. Right. Uh, I also think, and, and connected to that, is the paying attention thing. You know, if there is an expectation about paying attention, this is session zero is the time to broach it. Um, I used to play in a game with a guy who every single game, (laughs) no matter what was happening, we would have to stop because he would go, wait, am I there? Am I seeing this? (laughs) And that's really a whole nother issue. But addressing that issue and constantly in game zero to say that is our expectation is that you do that. Then when you call the guy on it later, you can be like, hey, man, you remember when we all agreed? Right. (laughs) You're going to pay attention so you know if you're there and if you're seeing this. Right. (laughs) You know, and sometimes he was there and should have been seeing it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we weren't even in the same town. Right. But he should have known. You know, it's not hard. But yeah, Yeah. the the, am I there? Am I seeing this guy? (laughs) (laughs) I I think that uh, one of the things as well, and this is kind of like a weird, God, everything is about food today. It's Fat it Tuesday, that's why. Um, but Tuesday. no, like if if you all decide like we're all going to do dinner, mm-hmm. like, you know, hey, we're all going to chip in. Don't be the guy that doesn't bring money for pizza. Everybody right. make sure you bring three bucks because all total we'll be able to order a pizza. Yeah, yeah. Whatever, whatever that looks like. Yeah. You know, or whether it's bring food, bring drinks, whatever or bring money. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that you are participating on the to same the level to the best of your ability. And if you can't, make sure people know. Right. You know, if especially in a tabletop game, you know, you should be um, friends enough with mm-hmm. someone to go, hey, I can't do this this week. Also, right. $3 short on a 50-person LARP, not the end of the world. $3 short on a five-person game. Yeah, that's a little that more. That means we couldn't get the pizza tonight. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think uh, that ties directly into also uh, attendance expectations. Yes. What are we going to do? How often do you have to be here? And what are we going to do if you're not? Right. And I think that it's important to note, by the way, no one's expecting you to have a hundred percent attendance rate. We all, everybody has real life. Real life comes before game. Mm -hmm. Somebody is going to miss some game always. Right. Uh, But you know, if is the expectation that like you should probably be at you know, two out of three games, mm-hmm. you know, then make maybe sure you don't have the schedule for this and that's okay. Right. Or if I'm just like, look, I'm only going to be able to play once a month. Right. I want you guys to play without me. So how do, what do we do? Yeah. You know, or you we guys, say, Hey Ryan, we got to play every week and you're just once a month isn't good enough right. for us. Or is there a kind of character I could build that right. could that come and go that. once yeah. every yeah. four games? Mm-hmm. Maybe there is. And having a lot of that on the table means Everything up front. Right. And then nobody's pissed because you're not there. Like, hey, or I if told they you. are, we knew. Or if they are, you can go, I told you. I wouldn't right. be there. Exactly. Exactly. 
What about player expectation then? Uh, so, because I think this kind of leads at, right in from uh, from player behaviors is what are what are what are player and storyteller expectations about the game? You know, some of this is you know what what aspect of the genre are we going to explore? What is the feel of the game? Which I think is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, actually, know, I think that might be the biggest one. How come? Well, because okay, vampire. You can either be playing superheroes with vampire powers that are going around and beating up bad guys and stopping smuggling rings and this and that. Or you could be crying in a corner, being angsty, trying to regain your humanity. Or you could be running a political game. Or you could be running a political game. And those three things are about as opposite as you can get. And the game really supports all three. Supports all three. Yes. And as a storyteller, there may be one of those I want to run. Mm-hmm. And as a player, there may want to be one of those you want to play in. Mm-hmm. And there be one, maybe one that you absolutely hate and can't stand. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to go into a game and sit down and then have everyone go, I'm, I'm a superhero. And you're like, I'm out. <laughs> you know, I've seen games where they would give you a questionnaire and it would say, what which one of these aspects are you most interested in? Yeah. And you do like, you know, like a one through five kind of thing. Or you would have to pick one, two, and three. Yeah. So well, that way they could kind of put people in their places where they needed them. And they could also be like, hey, this guy wants to just run combat every week. So, you know what? I got a storyteller who wants to do that. So y'all can right. go smash some stuff downtown. As long as you don't make the game miserable for other people by smashing stuff downtown every week. <laughs> Right. And vice yeah. versa. And there's also a little bit of, you can go, hey guys, I know the table's divided mm-hmm. on what we want ran, so be aware that I'm going to run as much of each of these as I can, but you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to put up with one or the other. Yeah, you're going to have to have a little bit of political intri- intrigue so Bob can be happy, mm-hmm. and then we'll go, you know, then we'll go smash stuff. stuff. Yeah. I think another thing that falls under expectations is uh, campaign length. Oh, right. Yeah. How long do you expect this game to play for? I'm fascinated by that because one of the things that appealed to me with UT was when they said it was going to be a five-year story arc because I liked the idea that I was going to participate in something that was going to last for five years and then it was going to end. Yeah. Because I'd never gotten to do that before. Right? I was just going to say, I've never played in a tabletop game that they would say, I'm going to run for one year. I did run work, play with a guy once, and he said, we're going to run uh, one season of a TV show. Mm-hmm. And it was a, um, we were playing Humans in the World of Darkness. All right. Uh, it wasn't a hunter, you know, like with yeah, the hours, yeah. but like we were mostly. It was original to, hunter where it was just, just like humans. original hunter. And so we, the original plan was we were going to play like uh, 15 sessions, like one season. And then we were going to decide if we renewed at the end of it. Okay. We made it 10 of those, and then I made a really dumb decision and got my character killed. <laughs> and it sort of kind of, you know... Derails everything. Things got yeah. derailed after yeah. that. But it was, I've played in games, though, where during session during the first session or session zero or whatever, the storyteller said, look, I've just got a short plot. It's just going to last a couple of games. Yeah, basically we're going to do a one-shot. Right. I'm, you know. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I've never, for a tabletop... Ever had anyone go? It's not common, I don't think. Yeah, you know, and Except and it's. Like, it, I don't think it ever happens in a mush, because you're not going to run forever. Well, yeah, because you put so much time into you building the world that you're like, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to plan to end this. Right. That's fair. Yeah. I also think that uh, consent is something that falls under expectations. Yes. So this is. Uh, where you talk about all of the different topics that consent deals with um, so that players know what to expect as far as uh, content and mm-hmm. also what to expect as far as uh, what they are allowed to it's, do. It's right? the boundaries. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, and consent, when we talk about consent, we're talking about about a lot of the hot topics like, you know, will this game contain racist things? Will mm-hmm. this game contain... Uh, sexual elements. Will this game contain abusive elements? Will this game contain, yeah. uh, you know, just different things. This is when you as a storyteller can lay out your expectations of of what you anticipate you'll be running uh, so your players can be prepared or opt out. Yes. Uh, it's also an opportunity for you as a player 
to lay out the expectations of the things that you do and do not want run for you. Uh, you know, I don't want to run anything that involves animals getting hurt because I had an animal that got hurt when I was a kid or, or whatever. you just don't like it. Yeah. yeah. It's also that's, you know, the consent and just session zero in general is where you talk about your opting out options. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's the um, the card on the table. The or, X card. Yeah, yeah, the X card or whatever it is you want to use. Is there a safety mechanic yes. in use? And yes. how does it work? Yes. Or do you want me to casually pick up my phone and just text you? Be like, hey, and then they're I'm like, not no okay phones! Maybe that's one reason to allow <laughs> phones. Right. Uh, so I think that, that that's important, as well as the expectation of like character death. How, how threatening. What's this look like? What is the threat level of this campaign? You know, and what can I expect when I die? Or do I have to consent for my character to die? In a mush, that's mm-hmm. a really big thing. Yes. You know, in, in a lot There's of mushes. a lot mushes. of offer larps is moving in that direction. Yeah. I could be knocked down, but I can't be killed unless I think it would be fun. I'm going to I'm gonna be honest. I don't, I've never played in a mush. I mean, I'm. That never? We're, well, ugh, that <laughs> my character, that my character died, that I wasn't the one who said, hey. This, this is it. This is it. This is a good place for this uh, end. That's cool. Um, and I think most games are like that. I think most times when a character dies, it's the player going, it's time. When I Not always. And sometimes you hear way big drama mm-hmm. when it does happen and it's not consent-based. Um, but, but I don't think it's as often in Mush as it is in any of the other games. When I first started LARPing, I thought the whole idea, because people were just starting to talk about this in like in the early, mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, that's stupid. If I get stabbed, I die. Who cares? That's just how it is. But then looking back with 20 years of experience now, I think, you know what? What if I'd been – because it was several times that my character got into situations that I just didn't enjoy. And it wasn't because I did anything wrong. It's just because I got in a bad spot. and, And I never had something bad happen to me. That I cared that something bad happened to me. It was that it would some it would be something stupid. Yeah, like uh, in in the game I played in Shattered Isles, I had a great time. But every time because it was a game where you could be resurrected, right? Yeah. Every time my character died, it was always because I fell in a place where people couldn't see me very well. And so there were people who fell in combat just as often as me. Yeah. But I just happened to get killed in places. <laughs> Where people couldn't see me. To help you. To help me. Because that was how it usually worked. People would fall in combat. Other people would pick them up. Right. Unless they didn't see you. So really the death mechanic was never you get stabbed and you die. The death mechanic was if people don't see you fall over, (laughs) then you're dead. Right. (laughs) And that was, I mean, that's when I realized, you know what? That wasn't fun. Yeah. If I died in the big battle in the field, I would have been okay with that. Yeah, but... But getting Tripping you know over a stick in the dark, yeah, and being ignored or right. or missed, forgotten, you know. yeah, <laughs> that wasn't fun, <laughs> right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, and so that's the why last, Ryan never kills characters. That's true. <laughs> the last uh, piece then to session zero is character creation, and I think that this is kind of where you talk about things like connections. Mm-hmm. You know, we we were joking earlier about this idea that like. We had no idea that you could just get everyone into the room out of character and just be like, how do you know one another? Yeah. Where do y'all want to start at? Here's what the town looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. And then if they say the end, it's on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say the end is incredibly convenient. It right? is. In and, all of the games, it, it is. Or it's like, here, here's one that I, I realize that people should have been doing forever. How often have you sat down, especially for like one shots and stuff, where they're like, the town council... Uh, you're going to the town council because they need people to do something. And then you spend 20 minutes of players negotiating with the town council. <laughs> when you could have just started your session zero with, the town council has, has told you to a- do has asked you to do this, and everybody's agreed mm-hmm. because everybody who didn't agree isn't in this game. Right. <laughs> and you've also all agreed that they're going to pay you 10 gold because all the people who, who fought back and won at 15 didn't come with you. Right. There was like a hundred people, and y'all were the only five who said yes. <laughs> you are welcome to come up with the reason why you right. said yes. And I would love for you to do that. 
and tell me. And go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. As opposed to me wasting two hours of the next game running fighting with 17 you about NPCs. It. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So I am. Now, here's the part of Session Zero that every tabletop game does do. Mm-hmm. And you may not realize this is actually like a little slip of Session Zero that every game does. But it's this. Which one of you is playing the healer? Oh, yeah. And it's always that question. It's not any of the others. It's always the healer. Do we have a healer, right? In a a D&D game, though, sometimes it can go further, though, and it's like, so are one of you a fighter? Who's the thief? Because someone's got to check for traps. Yeah. You make sure, you know, parties, especially in Dungeons & Dragons, it's called a party for a reason. Like, you've got to have... Because there's drinking. Uh, (laughs) you're lucky. But you have to fill all of those slots. Mm -hmm. There's a need for each class, and... And it's important that you fill it. And that is also a good example of some positive metagaming. Mm -hmm. That's true. If one believes in such things. Uh, I believe it's it's positive. (laughs) Um, What if we just called it something else? Then everybody would be okay for it. Yeah, they would. Uh, But it's a great opportunity also to make sure the skills are all covered that you need. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you don't have like... Five people in your party have the exact same skill, and then everybody's like, well, I guess we're all going to roll on this, see so we got the highest again. Yeah. Oh, wait, Bob wins again. Wait a minute. Did yeah. no one take lockpicking? <laughs> we we all speak ancient draconic, but <laughs> yeah. none of us took lockpicking? Yeah, so it's, mm-hmm. it, uh, you know, Session Zero is an opportunity to sort of make sure that your party is fleshed out and that you've asked questions and everybody has made what the game needs to be successful. Right. It's also an opportunity to create those history connections, which we've kind of talked about already. Like the opportunity to say, you know, Carrie, you said your character is used to be a cobbler. You know, I, mm-hmm. I need shoes. Could I need we, cobbles. Could we know each other because you always make my shoes? Yeah. Right. You, it's that piece that you talked about always yeah. being in in mushes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the opportunity for that to. to Sorry, F- foods on my mind. You said cobbler, and I was like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's an opportunity, I think, the the last piece of that is just you all make your characters together, and so you feel like a party out of character yes, as much yeah, as yeah. you do in character. Uh, and I think that those interactions are important. Oh. Can I say something about that? No. Okay. You're playing we, a And we're out game. of time. No, 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 And everybody's ahead. rolling up their characters, like literally old school rolling the dice. Yeah. And that one guy rolls crazy high on everything, and that's so much fun. You're like, oh my goodness, that guy's got three 18s. And, and then, like, you all cheer. <laughs> yeah, Dude. But that guy shows up with that sheet, you're like, no. Mm, yeah. Uh-uh, mm, yeah, I don't, no. I, I don't care if he so, filmed it. When <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're going to be playing a tabletop D&D with Kevin. Kevin's going to be running for mm-hmm. us. Supposedly. And, yeah, and supposedly. so that game will be garbage. What? No, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> because and of us, not Dakota Kevin. was so excited as she was making her character. Yes. And looking at her stats. And it was just, there was a joy mm-hmm. to making a character and then talking to everybody right. about her character. Right. Um. You know, so like there really is a healthy, positive thing about making a character with other people mm-hmm. there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So I want to talk for a minute about what it's like to do a session zero with a gaming group, your tabletop group that you have played together for 15 years, right? Because one of the things that I always hear whenever I talk about session zeros with anyone is there's always somebody who goes, you know, and, and you see it too when you see it online, in, whenever it's oh talked about. Oh my gosh, yes. On, on Facebook groups or in a Reddit forum or whatever, there's always a guy who goes, I don't have to do session zero because I've been running for my guys for 15 years. I know I, my players. I know my players and what they like and what they play. And, you know, Ryan's always going to play a young elven thief, right? Which I'm not playing in Kevin's game. Yeah, but that was on purpose. Right. You, you, it's a spite. You have a spite character yeah. now. Oh, wait. He's not a thief. Now we don't have a thief. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, the what is what is the difference? What makes first of all, what makes session zero still important for those for those games that have been playing forever? Where I already know everyone in my game. I don't need a session zero. Why do I need a session zero? You need a session zero because first of all, I haven't necessarily told you everything about me, and there may be stuff that you've been doing for years that I just haven't. Like, here's the truth: if somebody says, "Hey, man," I need. Are you okay with this? It's easy for me to say yes or no. Right. But if somebody says, Jason's fine with this, I'm probably not going to say anything. And I may just stop playing with you at some point. 
And you may not think that's ever going to happen, but it does because I've done it. I've been like, you know what? I'm not having fun with these people anymore. And, and, and I'm done. Yeah. And maybe I should have spoken up and been like, hey, guys, these are my issues. Let's talk about them. But it's hard. I played with a, a gaming group for five or six years, and I think about some of the things in it. Uh, the tabletop group where it was like we all knew each other so we didn't need session zeros and then I think about it now and it's like um, you know a lot of what we thought was acceptable and okay and and good for the whole group were things that that maybe weren't uh, but we never asked right you know there's there's something about just like the momentum Mm -hmm. the momentum of your group continuing well I guess we're gonna play next week I didn't have a good time last week but I guess we're gonna play next week right that's what we do that's what we do and nobody wants to be the guy who says dude does your bad guy always have to be a demon in every game we play can it be something else or hey man I'm not gonna just I'm not gonna just say that (laughs) but if you ask me hey what what would you like to see different in this game then I might be like oh no demons no demons yeah yeah, I, I I played with a group that had been friends and they played together for a long time and I happened to get to sit down in a couple of sessions and one of them goes, this dude always plays the Punisher. It doesn't matter what game we play. Mm-hmm. Right. It doesn't matter if it's appropriate. It doesn't matter what's going on. He always plays the Punisher. And so, of course, we sat down and played the game. The dude played the Punisher. <laughs> and he was fine and everybody else hated that character. And I realized years later, what if they just said, hey, man, we're all making new characters. We're really tired of the Punisher. <laughs> or, but there's there's positive ways to spin it. Hey, I've always wanted to see you play a wizard. Yeah. Hey, I want to play a character that's like the Punisher. Could, Could I do something it? Else? Could <laughs> I do that this time? Yeah. Right. There is just like almost. It's kind of like how we get caught up in like unhealthy traditions, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, like it's just it's always been like that. So sure. it's just going to just keep, keep doing it, yeah. right? And so that's why I think you need session zero when you're a game that's been around forever. And I also think that Jason, you're right. Um, you have played the Punisher too many times. I th- I think that sometimes. <laughs> uh, I think I think that sometimes. You know, we don't know people as well as we thought we mm-hmm. did. And and I think maybe that revisiting those things or giving an opportunity for them to feel like the forum is open enough for them to express that is important. I think it also gives you an opportunity to kind of like say, hey, we always run a game like this. I'd like to try something different. And so you can have a session to talk about it. Right. And so mm-hmm. you're not playing the same D&D game or vampire game that you've been running for the last 15 years. You can say, hey, I'm going to run D&D again this time. But this time it's going to be about this sort of stuff. Right. We're going to, we're going to, you know how we always do a lot of deep politics? I want this one to be kind of light and fun. I want something different this time. Right. And you get everybody on board immediately, even though, yeah, I've known them forever, but now they know to make characters that are like that. Right. You know, or it could even be more, um, not just game mechanic stuff, but it could be like, hey, you know, we always play at Bob's house. How about we can play at my house now? Right. You know, or, you know, hey, we always order pizza. I know this sounds stupid and I keep but talking I'm about food. Dumb. But, but <laughs> I don't, uh, don't want pizza You anymore. know, but <laughs> I don't want pizza anymore. You know, how about we all rotate and everyone make a homemade meal? Right. Yeah. Or you can say, hey, you know, I've been playing fighters for a long time and I've noticed this mechanic for them doesn't work that well. Or would you be okay with can this? Can we house rule this? Can we house rule this? I don't think it works. Yeah. I think the other thing, the other thing that can make... Session zero different for games that have been playing for gaming groups that have been playing forever together uh, is that maybe there are some things you don't need to to cover, you know, right? Like your session zero doesn't necessarily have to include all of these things. Everybody knows you're you're playing another game of Dungeons and Dragons. It's going to be the same house rules you use every time. Right. Not as big a deal. Uh, You know, you know, you might know. Okay, look, I already know because I've been playing with them for 25 years. I know that Carrie doesn't want, you know, animal abuse in a game. And so I don't run animal abuse in a game. Whatever. It's fine. Like, you know, there may be some of those elements that you know already. And so maybe you don't cover every single one of these topics. And I would also say if you're playing in a group that you played with forever, you maybe don't need to do one of these session zeros every single game that you play. But maybe once or twice a year might yeah. be a good idea. Just revisit, hey, this is what the game is about, yeah. here's where we are. Or when you have a new player join your group, which does that's happen. That's really it. good. Yeah. That's an opportunity. Yeah. Let's sit down and talk about where we're at, what we're doing. Right. We're at uh, the table recording a podcast. Ooh, barely. Let's go to game wrap. Woo. Woo.
We should have done this one in the very first episode. <laughs> and then always numbered them wrong from then on. Like, right. that was zero, and then everyone after that, you know. Instead of using episode numbers, we'd just call them session. Oh, fuck, we gotta go back. No, we are not starting over. <laughs> <laughs> what if we, re- we listen to and then re-record every episode no, and make no. them really tight and punchy? And then all of our episodes are only like 20 minutes. <laughs> I've listened to some great podcasts that are like 30 minutes regularly. Yeah, none of them were ours. No. <laughs> well, you can find our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify and anywhere else that you listen to the stuff that keeps you awake while you're driving. Mm-hmm. You can also find us at honorrollpodcast.com. You can go on Facebook and find us there uh, at facebook.com slash groups slash honorrollpodcast. Uh, and you can send us an email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. And we're on Twitter at on a roll podcast. <laughs> it's like we've branded. Yeah, it's we're everywhere. I think they should all be different. Wouldn't that be fun? No. No. Um, it'd no, be like additions. Yeah, and of course you can uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast and uh, So we can get the board. That way we can we can not go broke paying <laughs> for this board that's coming. Yeah. So anyway, it's exciting. Uh yeah, great. So uh Carrie, Jason, you guys both get one experience point for uh, for the game. All right. Uh, Jason, let's go ahead and roll you on the magical item chart here. Oh, oh interesting. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, you get uh, uh, a set of nine pieces of Tupperware. I'd like to note that Ryan rolled three die-20s <laughs> and got a seven. Total. Yeah, seven is that, and on the chart, <laughs> that's nine. On the chart, it's crazy. Yeah, on the chart, it's a it's a set of Tupperware, nine pieces. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty good. Think of all the leftovers you can store. Right. Yeah, well, the problem is, is that I only have like six lids by the end of the week. Well, no, yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Carrie, let's see what you get on the magic item. I hope I get lids. Oh, Ooh. it's a bag of grass seed. You need to get some new dyes. <laughs> that is There's something going on. A bag, of, a bag of grass seed is pretty high on the value. That's oh, true. that's right. Goodness, okay. Uh huh. Plus one against clay. <laughs> it, it grows on even the hardest earth. Oh, hardest oh could earth. I? Could I do a chia pet? With oh it? goodness! I don't know. Maybe if we roll one. Oh, okay. We got to hold out. We for have a chia, chia monster. Chia monster would be awesome. Yes. I need to sculpt one. X- yes. Mm-hmm. What? Is, I, yeah, it's just regular clay, right? I don't and know. Grooves in it. I think it all. It's just red clay. I don't know. We'll have to look. Well, we could dig that out of the backyard. <laughs> This is so weird. Like the pros. Maybe we don't need it. Maybe we just shave your head, Jason. No, I'll and then try that. spread the seeds on <laughs> it. Look, and then you just drink lots of water, and we see what grows. I'm a, I'm always been concerned that uh, when I shave my head, that it's going to look a little white supremacy. Just because the shape of my face and head and everything, I just <laughs> mm, no. I used to be really aggressively skinny, and I wore a lot of t-shirts. And I thought, man, if I shave my head. I'm going to get murdered. <laughs> or I'm going to be in a club one day and we're like, wait a minute. This isn't a cookout. What? <laughs> well, I come from a pretty backward area sometimes. All right, join us next week when oh our topic gosh. is what the fuck is Jason talking about? Until then, uh, I'm Ryan. I'm the curmudgeon. Carrie is the legend. Jason's the favorite. That's Remember, right. the only way to win a role-playing game is to have fun. The only way to win have fun with my friends I'm on the road again Tabletop, lot motion, everything in between The only way I win Is to have fun with my friends I'm on the road again Tabletop, lot motion, everything